You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? Well, well, it is Thursday and let's get into the marketing mindset. The B2B Marketing Mindset, it's a special type of mindset. Um, this week's topic, I want to talk about an idea that a lot of smaller and growing companies aren't familiar with, but it's a game changer for the big guys and they use it all the time. And you should probably too. Uh, but first, let me introduce the boss. You know, I just want to listen to that blues a little bit more. I, I, I'm sorry, you can't hear it, but I can. Um, but the boss, Bill Lowell from Business Development Directives, a marketing research firm deep in the heart of Wisconsin. So Welcome. Hey, thank you. How are you I, doing? We, it just seems like I just talked to you. Um, uh, Asia vu, right? That's right. All over again. Uh, I have a question, though. Do you participate in smelting at all? Smelting. Uh, I don't think so, but I mean, I, I don't, but it sounds... You know what smelt is. It's a, it's a little bitty fish. I was just going to say it's a, a little fish, but... And I also thought it might have been something that you were making fun of in a foundry, too, so that's why I <laughs> That's true. Well, my grandfather worked in Milwaukee in a foundry at Falk Corporation. Uh, but the smelt, apparently once a year, they, they somehow go bananas, and they oh. all end up washing ashore, uh, all these little silver fish. And the cheeseheads, I'll call them that, they're out on the docks on Lake Michigan, and they have fryers, propane-powered fryers, and they're scooping them by the nets out of the water, and they're deep frying them on the spot and eating them whole. Oh, and that's wow. called smelting. It's usually freezing cold out when you're doing it. So I wondered if it was like during this season or anyway. I, I, I haven't had the pleasure, but if any of our listeners are <laughs> from Wisconsin and want to take me, I'll go want, with them. Want to know? tune in? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, they drink a lot during this as well. But, okay. you know, you got to get your share of little tiny fish brains. Um, yeah, so, for sure. So we got that going for us. Um, Oh, we've totally forgotten about our, our little titles on the screen, but, uh, oh, no. you know, so it's that's not, okay. It's not how to facilitate a schmelting? It's not for schmelting, no. But, uh, anyway, we've got, we've got a great show. I think this is a really cool topic. And, um, you know, if you're seeing this on your favorite social media platform uh, or you're listening out there in the land of podcasts, head over to b2bmarketingmindset.com. We elaborate on these topics there and a lot more. And you can subscribe everywhere that fine podcasts are consumed. So that's it's it's crazy how this thing is like some kind of evil virus um, at this point. And so we hope that you catch it. Uh, is it too soon for that joke? Uh but I was thinking about this topic a lot and, you know, this idea that there's, there's a way of making decisions and kind of operating that seems, seems like it's the realm of the big companies, but not anymore. And so a lot of companies may not even heard that of this role for an outsider to play within their organization. So obviously they're not going to be able to take advantage of it because they've, they're just not that, they're not familiar with it. So it, it and here's, here's an example of the problem they might have, uh, and this is what I was thinking of because I hear about it so often. Teams will start doing a marketing plan, for example, whatever month, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Ten months later, if you're lucky, they emerge with a list of stuff to do and or spend money on. Um, not really a marketing plan. Took That should have taken weeks. And a good facilitator, you can bring in somebody from outside either. And there's a distinction we'll talk about with expertise and domain expertise. 
an expert in the transmission rebuilding industry, who is a facilitator, right? My friend Dennis, uh, and they work with your team. Uh, and so, but that's one reason is, you know, it, it can take weeks instead. So, um, you know, the, uh, the other thing, and I think you're absolutely right. And I've seen it from the side before you get it. And when I say you, meaning like the market planning, the people that put together market plans, because sometimes we'll do a research study for somebody and to us, it is all so clear of what they should be doing in their next steps. And I'm like, I just handed you a bunch of gold and I, it tells you exactly how to hit your customer. What, I mean, it just gives them everything. But they become overwhelmed because it might be an 80 page report or there might be a lot of different graphs and charts and they're like, where do we start? So, you know, so to your point, a good facilitator can help cut through some of that stuff. But if you're doing it on your own, I can see sometimes why it takes eight months just because there's so much stuff. Where do we start? You know? Trying to get consensus, for example. It, a lot of this is team dynamic stuff. And so, yeah. and the, the, the consultant, the expertise person, subject matter, domain expertise, whatever it is, there is some overlap with facilitators. You just gave such a great example. But, you know, there's no way to get around a certain level of complexity when you're trying to work out business problems. And so sometimes the recommendations can be pretty complex and clients need time to digest that. And then they often will call us back in to then facilitate the team to uh, address, you know, whatever is in those recommendations, create a plan, whatever it is. Right. Um create a message, uh, do any sort of initiative where there's a team involved and they're making decisions, you know, that's where these facilitators come in. And, you know, full disclosure, Bill and I are both consultants and facilitators. Um, but here's the Internet's definition. Um, oh, no. Oh, uh, <laughs> I went and looked up my own job. Okay. Uh, a facilitator. I liked this, though. A facilitator is the individual whose job is to help teams manage a process of information exchange, usually for the purposes of decision making. Okay. Wow. And it's not Wikipedia. I wish I could remember the source. Yeah. But whoever you are out I, there, you kind of nailed it, I think. I don't know about that. I, no, maybe I not. Would add, I, I would add some things. Because, like, in my opinion, I, I think, one, making a decision is, is an important thing. But I think the facilitator can also help you to come up with creative or brainstorming ideas. I mean, so maybe somebody's trying to come up with new products, new services. That would be something that, I mean, I don't know that you need to get to a decision right there, but maybe you just want oh, I see. a lot of yeah. opportunities on the phone so or on the on the table. So, and sometimes it's, so I, I break them into three categories. I say, definitely like you said, coming to a decision and needing help to, to get it to a decision. But I also say information, like what, what do we need to do maybe from a brainstorming? Let's come up with all kinds of ideas. Well, but the other one might be like a prioritization. So like what happens if we come to a decision, but now we need to know where to start or we have all these ideas. Let's let's do some facilitation to get let's which what are our top three priorities or top four? You know, you, you know, that's an excellent point of, of nuance. In fact, I, to, in my mind, when you're doing brainstorming, you're engaged in a process of information, but you're right. You're not necessarily making decisions as much as you've got a you've got a pre-described uh, output that you're trying to get from this team, and yeah. that can be frustrating if you work in an organization, right? If you're not, if, if people don't realize that a facilitator is a set of skills and tools, and it's very specific to help teams 
do a whole bunch of stuff depending on what it is you know that you're trying to where you're trying to go but i think one hard part for companies is kind of christening that outsider with some leadership authority yeah and that and big companies are don't even blink twice (laughs) they're like i'm gonna count on you to make this happen or you know 10 people above me are going to be all over my ass but when you own the company you're the leader right i mean why would you bring in somebody else to lead your team it doesn't it doesn't make sense but it might if you keep listening um yeah definitely or maybe not for you but for a lot of smaller companies they're realizing that you know it's it's a it's a uh, it's a boss move, let's put it that way, in the youngster speak. I can either give you a comment or I can wait till the next uh, slide, whatever. No, you go want. ahead. Let's. I want to define you this well, and we'll get into some of the reasons why it makes couple, sense. A couple things that I just wanted to mention, though, just because you said, you know, oh, maybe they they're used to leading themselves. So it could be a CEO or a president or somebody who's a leader of an organization that might be a middle market company or professional service organization, something like that. And like you said, they're so used to leading that they think they can do it on their own. And they probably can to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. But sometimes they want to be part of the process or part of the decision-making in the street. You know? And so sometimes if you want to be a participant rather than leading, it's a great reason to hire an outside facilitator to do that. You know? What a great way to be a servant leader, to yeah. you know, not be autocratic and this is the example i thought of is when companies start to move away from an autocratic style of management to a participatory one facilitators worth their weight in gold right i'm probably worth a couple hundred myself and so you know you know it's winter it's it's tactical cushioning uh we call it uh but uh and, and like i said it's it's easier than ever so here's some five so we thought we'd do five reasons why it might make sense for you to bring in an insider, or I'm sorry, bring in an outsider, inside, in the year Audi, I don't know, whichever it is. Uh, bring in an outsider to help increase the quality and velocity of, uh, I said decision making, but uh, team. Well, information gathering, I mean, could be, like we talked about, it could be brainstorming, but it could also be prioritizing those decisions too. So, I mean, maybe we've come to a decision, but like, how are we going to bring five things down to two actionable items or something like that well and we'll get into this a little bit and this is where the facilitator they come in with a structure we'll be talking about that in a little right. bit so there's really some yep. some some hard tack reasons i would call them that it it maybe it does make sense uh and we're not just biased because it's something that we do but um we don't you know we can't service everybody that wants to hire us so we just thought we'd show you how it works and then we, we probably know everybody so we could still introduce you but um so, so one one big thing. This is huge, I think, and this is where the consultant and the facilitator are in the, you know, they cross paths a little bit. But objective, experienced perspective. So, ob- objective, you're not going to get that from an internal person or yourself. No. Experience, oftentimes, facilitators look like me, uh, and. Uh, you know that that can be super valuable maybe they've been there 10 times in their career already right the challenges that you're facing or uh but but i think the perspective part is is probably one of the most valuable things where they're seeing i don't know where this came from but it's the story of the frog in the well yeah so there's this frog inside of a well this is probably not the way the story is told this is the condensed version can't see shit. can't see nothing down there it's dark it's wet 
frogs like that, but it's still, it sucks for him. The well being your business. The frog being you. I don't think this is how the story is told, but I wanted it to be clear. I'm, the, I'm anxious to see where this is going. This where, is, and there's this it. other frog who's sitting on top of the well, and he can see the entire world. Right. Right? The frog in the well. Um, badly told. Thank you very much. Wish we had a little applause sound effect. I, uh, I, I can we have that? Going. Can we have an applause sound effect? Um, they said yes. Uh, so what you're saying is sometimes... But not today. <laughs> sometimes it's better to step back and see, you know, work, you know, on the business rather than working in it. Is that what you're kind of saying? Well, yeah, it's, there's this perspective, and it's one of the bullet points later on, too, from an outsider that maybe has worked across a bunch of different industries and a bunch of different sizes of clients and types of clients and different types yeah. of business models. And, and it's just different how they work. Right. Uh, and some of that has to do with structure that they might bring to the table. Like we have uh, what we call maps and market ac action planning system. It's a framework where, that we use to help people make better marketing decisions. And so a lot of times we're not the ones telling you what the answer is. This is one of the biggest parts of confusion, I think, in our business. Bill, I want you to tell me what we should do. This is like our first phone call together, right? The first four seconds of our first phone call upon meeting. I'd like to tell you, I'd like you to tell me what I should do. Good. Cut me a check and let's go to lunch. <laughs> there you go. That's the step one. Uh, we're a barber shop. All right, what should we do? It's yeah. really not what... A facilitator consultant does um, it's that they have a they know the questions to ask and they have a framework to compress the time to go through all of those options and to organize people and to get that consensus and to move to defined steps and boom get to the specific point where you need to be at the end of that process or initiative or whatever it is not in 10 months a few weeks uh, yeah. and so um, but it's so that's part of that perspective where it's like they see your business from a completely different place than you do. And I know you and I both have brought in people that are in our own discipline. Well, I think yeah. you have. I know we've brought in marketing people to help us. You've helped us in years past and, and right, and, you know, current. But um, we can't see our own well right. sometimes. So that's I think that's super valuable. So I, I think that that's a good thing. And, you know, the, the one one of the very first questions that I asked my clients, if they're going to retain us to do facilitation, I ask them right off the bat, is my role an independent facilitator where my job is strictly to facilitate, keep us on time and get us to an outcome? Or am I to do all of that and give you my perspectives? Because those are two really big things. Right. And sometimes they'll say, oh, we want your expertise, so jump in when you want. So then I will. But if they say, right. no, just do the facility, then I will never make a comment. So you got to be real right. clear, I think, in the beginning of what, what's the expectation, just like you said. If they say, tell us what to do, okay, well, we can tell you, you know? That's a it's that's a great point because and I'm not going to say every point you make is great but so far you're you're batting a thousand. Um, I, I better I better get off the podcast right now. Well, <laughs> oh, you're ahead. No, I, you know I think it's huge because um, it's it's getting the it's getting an expert and a facilitator confused. Yes. Right? And yeah. sometimes the same person can do either or or both of those things, but it's you got to be clear about you know sometimes companies that they don't need your ex maybe they have tons of experience in marketing or marketing research yeah. but they need somebody to basically 
help them in spite of themselves. Yes. Move to a specific place uh, and to codify that usually. Yeah. Like it's not, it's something that it's about the process as much as it is about the outcome. And so, um, but here's leads us to our next point. They, these people have specific expertise in working with teams, right? Um, they, and, and tools, I want to get, throw that in there. But so often nowadays, people in the, either sales, marketing, you don't see this much in finance or engineering, but uh, you do see this in sales and marketing a lot where um, they don't realize that it's, it's an entire discipline educational requirements and experience, certain amount of experience to be. I saw, I saw on LinkedIn, there a 22 year old business coach last week. She wanted to connect. I connected with her, Good um, for you. Good but for I'm you. curious as to where she's coming from, honestly. Uh, but maybe she's a genius who knows, but it's just, um, it's a discipline facilitation, working with teams, getting consensus, it's a management discipline. Yep. And somebody on, you know, Rhonda in HR might be a brilliant friggin' HR person, but maybe not have the specific skills and tools that a professional facilitator would have. Is that fair to Rhonda? Yeah, I, I, I actually think <laughs> it is. And, and I'm going to defend Rhonda for just a second. I don't want to get sometimes, on her bad side. You know, that, sometimes, but, yeah, because sometimes organizations or leaders think, just because Rhonda is an outstanding HR professional, that she naturally can do facilitation well. And maybe that's just like you said, it's not one of her skill sets yet. Maybe she's right. still learning them. So, um, well, it's like hiring these really bright, really sharp co recent college grad mm -hmm. and expecting them to do something that they've literally never done before or, you know, have yeah. any training in. Uh, or vice versa, having an employee and being like, you're the you're the marketing guy now. You know, hey, you it's your job now to run the agency, to run our advertising agency. And that person's like, I have no idea what how to run an advertising agency. It's the same thing. Right. So not you know, there are people that are just naturally good at it. Absolutely. It's and it's not impossible. But we're just saying there's a shortcut <laughs> of bringing in a facilitator. Yeah, they're def they're definitely. Uh, and I'll tell you a secret, you know, I think I'm a great facilitator. I really do. And usually I don't break too much. I think you are. But, I, but I've done so many sessions and focus groups that I, I like to think I'm really good at it. But even when I thought I was really good before, I met three people that helped me so much that gave me other stuff to think about where I went, oh, wow, they are so good. So one was Judy Whalen. She's a strategic planning consultant, and she's like, scary good but the techniques that she uses was great and then i met another one her name was esther letvin and she was at a, another university here in wisconsin she gave me a whole kit of tools that i could use and i was like oh my god these are so good i used some of them but i never knew that there were so many available and she really opened my eyes and then there was another gentleman by the name of tom bug i don't know if you know him but just a great business that consultant name's familiar yeah he's he, he's done consulting for a long long time but he did some facilitation and he was, he had some really good tricks. So it's like, you can learn from other people doing this is, is my message. And especially even when you're good, you can get better at it. 
Absolutely. And I love it when you mention people that sort of ring a bell with me. Bill and I both are from the same part of the country, uh, and, and that's where we met. And we and we ran our businesses out of Milwaukee. And you were in Brookfield, though, I think. Brown Deer? I was, well, no, I was downtown. Um, we're downtown also. For, I was downtown, yeah. But then eventually we went up to Mequon. So it was easy to get to our place then, probably. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, one time we had a big snowstorm at night and I couldn't get my car out of that parking lot. Do you remember the steep incline of the driveway into that oh. uh, office building complex? We parked yeah. in there in the morning, totally dry. By time to go home afternoon, got to leave my car there overnight. Thank you, Wisconsin, for that. Um, you know, let me, I, this is a thing, too. I talked to a, a friend yesterday who's a business broker and he said, you know, he helps people buy businesses and sell them. Uh, and he said he was working with a freelancer to build a website and do some other things. And the firm they were working with just disappeared on them, like mm-hmm. poof, gone. Mm-hmm. I know. Is, it, is that crazy or what? Now, it's my it. wife's a creative director, Heidi. She helps her team, helps us run the show uh, when I'm not fumbling over it myself here. But uh, and I've been in the marketing business for, what, 30 years. You've been in, doing this, you know, working for yourself, running your company. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a scenario where I would dream of uh, doing that. You know what I mean? It's hard to believe. It's just, but do you hear that as all the time? I mean, we, I kind of hear that all the time. Where somebody decides to do it themselves, you mean? Or, or the phenomenon what? where the person that, that maybe is a freelancer or somebody yeah. on Upwork or somebody just leaves, who knows, mean, just they just disappear go- in the middle of a project. Yeah. Um, so they've ghosted themselves. It's but. surprisingly common, yeah. Um, you know, I don't imagine you get paid when you do that, but uh, it happens a lot. So um, it's sad. So, so listen, we hear it all the time, and it's creative and technical people, and so you get tired of disappointment, and you want to upgrade your creative team to a higher level of professionalism and reliability. Um, think about Heidi Designs. Uh, it's it's not just great work. It's the professionalism and consistency. Everybody gets to a certain point, I think, when they're working with certain, you know, freelancers and your nephew and the side hustler and the uh, upworkers and, and all this, where it's like, we we need some consistency and we need some reliability. So you get all the flexibility and affordability of contract labor, but without the drama. And um, that was a nice picture of her. Here's her website. Heidi-Designs.com. Uh, full disclosure, she's my wife, and I've been working with her for 34 years, but she has her own company. She's a creative director, and if you've got something, you, know, you're, you need something built, you need something made, uh, whether that's email marketing, web development, sales materials, um, they, you can count on them to help you create. Well, we count on them to help us create this whole thing and distribute well, it. I was just going to say, she's a promote great illustrator. It. She's an excellent illustrator as well. And uh, for those people who have not met Heidi, she's just a wonderful person. So she's really easy and nice to work with. Everybody likes her. They, they don't like me as much, but they always are like, you know, they're like, I don't really like you that much, but I really like her. But the thing is, you know, this is 30, well, you know, we say we've been in business 33 years, but I don't know if you recall, she was at Birdsell Voss when I met her. So, huh. and I think they were an Omnicom agency by then. And wow. so, like, I, like, snatched her away from Birdsell Voss, and NML followed her, right? Um, and so Eaton followed her. You know, I mean, this was back in the day, and so she's just very good at her job, and she has a team of people, uh, all U.S.-based people, and we rely on them. Like I said, I don't have to sweat any of this. There's no drama, you know. Uh, anyway, most boring uh, creative agency in America, we like to call them. 
Um, let's get to our next point. Okay. That was a that was a smooth little commercial, though, wasn't it? I, I think one that was well deserved. <laughs> well deserved. Do a lot of syndicating a program like this. If you're curious about it, and you may be thinking about doing podcasting yourself, you know, shoot me a message. And if you're interested in being a guest, you can also reach me very easily on LinkedIn. Um, it's really a trip how we do this, you know, and it's kind of a marvel too, you know, um, the the technology and how it works. And um, in fact, we just had some visitors. I don't know if you saw me waving, but. <laughs> some visitors in the studio today and they walked by and they waved at me That's um, sweet. they're trying to be polite I don't know uh, Heidi's better at that So, uh, next point bringing structure to decision making now see I said decision making again but it's structure to team what dynamic well, I think I think to whatever facilitation needs to be done so whatever they need to accomplish having a structure to it really is important but i think and i'll let you comment first but i i just want to tell you that i will always develop what i call my plan book going into a facilitation but i rarely use the plan because <laughs> so much stuff i don't want to say goes wrong but it goes in a different direction that you didn't plan for but if you have a plan in place going into it with that structure you know other things that you can get to get people working. Because if something doesn't work or everybody's quiet or we're not getting where we need to go, you can change up gears. And boy, I think that that's really important with the structure. Oh, yeah, now they say everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I believe it's was, was a terrible Mike Tyson impersonation. Yeah. Well, I, uh, Let me make sure my door is locked. Um, he wasn't uh, one of the visitors, was he, that was coming? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> If he was, I'd get him on. I'd get him right on. Come on, Mike, give us some more wisdom. Uh, he's right. Uh, it, it, what makes me think of is there's specialized types of facilitation, too. Like, we're, we do marketing plans, and oftentimes our facilitation is around getting that plan done. Now, that doesn't mean we couldn't facilitate other things. We, we've facilitated brainstorming. We've facilitated even uh, team building. We've facilitated all kinds of things. But, you know, our main thing is that. But facilitators might be generalists and they might be specialists. Um, and, you know, kind of a toss up. Sometimes you want that generalist to be cross pollinating ideas from other things. Uh, they're not as cookie cutter. Or maybe you want that person who only does this one thing. I don't know. It's a, it's, there's a lot of dynamics there. I think both of them can be good. Yeah. I'll uh, give you a, I'll give you all a good funny options. one. So there is a very large client of mine i mean very large and uh we don't do it anymore but like eight or nine ago, feet tall like uh, nine feet tall they're, they're big, big. If big i mentioned it I, i'd get myself in some serious trouble but every year we would help facilitate their budget process <laughs> so talk about crazy out of the box but it's like you said you get a big organization and people can't decide or everybody thinks their priorities are the most important well how do you do that well sometimes an outside facilitator will is a necessary thing to help you put that together you know what a great segue to the next point i think we could cover more on that point but uh, yeah. uh and we will if you go to b2bmarketingmindset.com there's going to be more it'll hit there tomorrow it'll hit all syndication out tomorrow and you know it, there's a lot more to this so um the outsider's advantage you kind of hinted at that in your answer there tell me uh, tell me about what advantages outsiders well, have a couple of things. I, you know, I think the outsider, we can be unbiased and neutral. So it's like, did I care? 
I mean, I, the budget thing is a weird one, so I'd rather go back to your well, ideas you... about marketing or strategic planning or but but we're we are not invested in the outcome. I mean, we are because we want to see them get to the outcome, but I don't care if one department gets more money, let's just make sure that this, that people get to where they need to go. If it's coming up with a new product or development ideas, let's get them to where they need to go. So, so I think having some of that ability being neutral is really good. I think being able to be, uh, to, to throw out good questions, like you mentioned before, Pete, or, and I would also say like, what kind of probes, throwing out a probe, knowing how to challenge somebody, you know, uh, I would say getting good participation. So you've got somebody who's been there very, very quiet throughout the entire meeting. You got to call them out, you know. So hey, Pete, you know, I noticed you've been really quiet on this. You know, what thoughts do you have? On, you know, get them to draw it out because, right. as you know, and, and you and I have been trained by a few of the right people on this one. But um, thank sometimes people aren't allowed to have a good idea until their boss thinks of it first. Yep. And so sometimes that boss is there and people are quiet. Well, uh, unbiased facilitator is gonna draw that person out. And if the boss starts chiming in, they're gonna say, hey, George, take it easy for just a second. Let's let's listen to what, like you said, you know, uh, what Robin says here, and then let's then we'll get to you. Or, I mean, so you can be like a traffic cop and you can do it in a nice way, but you can get what I call balanced participation too. So I can go on all day just about that. Oh, know? absolutely. And, and you, you, you know, I love that you mentioned the commonality of where we come from, from a business standpoint, and we started our companies around the same time, yeah. uh, and uh, we have we have some of the same influences and, and teachers and and that kind of thing. So I think that's really kind of cool. But the budget thing, I think it's a great example because it's usually there's a lot of passions around yeah. budgets, right? And so if you could be a dispassionate facilitator, and look, we build budgets based on math. Okay, there's not a whole lot of emotion involved in it. Either you know these numbers are going to be the most companies are trying to get to the minimum amount of money to invest to create a given outcome, and so the only way I know how to do it is math. Um, but that's usually not how budgets are created, even in these really big companies. I mean, I remember just uh, the whim of some upper management was the was the metric that the budget was created by. But but it's actually quite a big process in a lot of companies and. You know, having somebody at the helm of that process, you're probably going to get better outcome, and it's yeah. not going to take ten weeks or eleven or twelve or a month or you know a year to get. It's like this. This stuff has to happen like this in the at the fortune level, yeah. but I I'd say it needs to happen as fast. As, you know, you want to get through whatever it is you're trying to process with the team so that you can execute, right? right. So you want to execute sooner than later. This is where I think facilitators have huge value is um, is the final point here is compressing the decision making time, compressing the time. Um, take take it take that, and I'll, I have a thought that I want to share before I try not to forget. How to compress time? So, yeah, how do facilitators compress time? Okay, well I'll give you I'll give you a couple examples. So, um, and I was going to give you another example about interesting, difficult ones. Go I facilitated ahead. a session between two very, very diametrically opposing religious groups. Wow. And they wanted, to, they wanted to better understand and see how they could work together for some common good. And that was a challenge. I did their strategic planning, and uh, so that was, that was tough. But with <laughs> wow. regard to, and this is what you're going to tell me because you're saying, Bill, you're going off on all these tangents. A good facilitator will be able to say, 
All right, that's really interesting. We need to move on, you know? So you talk right. about time compression, you know, put them in blocks of time. And when you get to a certain state, you've got to move on. Or if somebody is like going on and on and on, like I am, you know, tell them <laughs> you got to put this in a parking lot. We'll get to this at the right. end of the day or at the end of the session, or we'll try to decide if that's still important. I mean, so there's things you can do to, to get people going on. Weighted voting, getting people to actually put some numbers to whatever decisions they're making. I mean, there's lots of ways to compress that, but Sometimes this can go on forever if you do it yourself and with an outside facilitator, you know, they want to they want to see it come to an end with their time, you know, their time factor. Well, yeah, I think the thing I was I, I agree with all of that. I mean, I think that the thing that I was thinking, too, was uh, in, in situations where maybe you're going from autocratic to more participatory type of manager decision making yeah. Um, yeah. that that leadership wants to still make sure that things are done the way that they see fit probably their company or they own the majority shares or they're the biggest stakeholder or whatever yeah so what happens in a lot of companies and this reason one reason it takes so long sometimes is they they tend to do it in little pieces and so the management has to keep being drawn in to little little tiny meetings a lot of them over a long period of time to tackle all this stuff where a facilitator can cover all that ground in weeks and then so yeah. the the upper management ownership whatever it is they get full say and approval on everything that goes on it gets captured into a plan and they know that it, that people are going to follow the way that they want but instead of them spending 200 hours in meetings maybe they have a couple of 90 minute sessions yeah and it's done Exactly. I mean, it's it's crazy how well this works, and so many smaller, let's say SMBs, small mid-sized companies, they just they're not aware that this is an option. Do you, do am I surmising that? I, I it's just I think a theory. So. It's just a theory. Yeah. No, I, I I totally agree with that. And the other thing that I think really helps out, like when you get that facilitator, is just like you talked about. If somebody's making that transition to more uh, an inclusive organization, I think getting the other participants buy-in is really important when you have an outside facilitator because they're going to help that process rather than to have it be dominated by one person or two people. So I think that that's... Well, then the the outsider advantage also, and I can't count the number of times I've had to preface my comments with saying, well, you're probably going to fire me for telling you this. And then I tell, and then I say whatever it is that's super truthful and honest. Um, And honestly, you know, that's a lot of people getting a paycheck from a CEO are not going to be willing to go up against that person and disagree with them and push it to the point where policy has changed. Outsiders, there's a there's a there's a curious thing about it. They do listen. There's some social phenomenon that people listen to outsiders more than they listen to their internal people. I'm sorry about it, but it's an advantage that we have. Well, and sometimes people are on their best behavior if there's an outsider there rather than seeing some of the stuff that may go on by themselves, you know? That's true. But other times they're threatened by them, too. And and I always tell people that you really shouldn't be because the success criteria for a facilitator is to really making that team look like rock stars and really supporting that 
stakeholder, CEO, president, whoever's in charge of everything, and supporting their interests too. And a lot of times those people, they don't want to dictate everything. They want their team to participate, but maybe there's a social dynamic there that makes that hard. Or maybe there's, you know, facilitators are really trained to deal with this stuff and they're very diplomatic. It's not like they're, you know, calling people to the carpet, you know, you know, John, you haven't been talking for three hours. Get out. You know, no, no, it's, it's, it's a very cool thing. And I think the outcomes are better. I mean, I don't think so. I know they are. Um, and so uh, something to think about. And, you know, you can head over to B2Bmarketingmindset.com uh, and by tomorrow. So this is usually how it works. Live on Thursday, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I knew I was forgetting one. LinkedIn. And then, yeah, the next day it goes on the website that is on, is on the screen and then uh, goes out to every major podcasting platform. So you can catch that. Um, it's just more information. There's so much more that I would love love to uh, cover, and we'll get that usually up usually up by the next day. Um, there's a little lead time there because we put a lot of work into this thing because we want you to understand stuff. You know, we don't want you to be hiring people blindly. It doesn't matter if you hire us, hire somebody else. We just want you to be informed in your own decision making around marketing, um, and having a facilitator is probably a great idea. Let's go to final thoughts, and uh, we will. Uh, wrap this up uh, hopefully um, if I can find the right button to push all right the chipmunk says final thoughts what do you got uh, one of I have a lot of different final thoughts but the one I'm gonna leave you with is if you've got a company that you want to partner with or that you want to do something with maybe you're gonna go after business together or maybe you're in the construction trades and it's an engineering and architectural firm or maybe it's a general contractor you know a good facilitator will help facilitate how those two organizations oh, can and should work idea. together effectively and I've done I've done some of that Pete and it's it's almost like magical because you really can get a lot of good out of that so that's one of my final thoughts so i've never thought of that your thoughts yeah i never thought of that but you say you have another one now we did start late so we could take a little more time but you said there was a couple of go ahead tell us more and i've got one last thought there's a lot of tools that i use i would call them facilitator techniques and i think you know it would really probably behoove everybody to kind of look up some of those because some of those tools really do help you get that process going you know what i mean so for example if you had if you had a new product development that you were going to launch or some new idea, there's one technique called the six hats. I don't know if you've ever heard of that I, technique. I've heard but, of it, but you know, one me. one group of people go and they look out for the facts. You know, like what are the facts of us doing this? Another group goes away and they look at oh, what are the things that could go right. wrong or what should we watch out for. Another group looks at different alternatives. Another one talks about just the process of making this happen. You know what I mean? Right. Another one strengths, talks weaknesses, about- threats, opportunities, different tables. Oh, hello. Yeah. And then another one does does the emotional aspect. Like what's the emotions gonna be? So anyhow, you get you get really good feedback, but those tools help bring people together towards what you're trying to accomplish without them even kind of knowing that we're doing a facilitated discussion. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes perfect sense. I, I, I think that's, I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, that that's a great final thought, actually. Um, you know, I, I should, you know, if people have gotten this far into the podcast, thank you. Thanks for, for getting yeah. this far with us. Um, we try to make this lively. I'm knocking shit over here in the studio. I'm flailing my arms around like Mario, you know, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, yeah. but, uh, 
you know, my thoughts are this. It's never been easier or more accessible to bring in a professional facilitator to help your team plan or strategize. It's not really just for the big guys anymore. Uh, I think some people think it's too expensive. Uh, what's expensive is take a 10 months to enact a plan before you can ex uh, execute. So I think it's a really good business decision, and it's just never been easier. You can level up instantly. Um, you know, I mean, think about how long it takes to develop certain specialization, specialized skills internally. All right, we're going to teach John to do this stuff. Well, I hope you have a couple years to wait. Uh, when you bring in somebody from the outside, that frog from the well, from the well, uh, Instant, instant upgrade in sophistication, in experience, in everything. And it's, it's, and then when you're done, you're done. They're not, not part of your um, fixed costs. So very easy to fix these kinds of problems. And, but And you talked about like the cost of not doing something. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say it because we're not perfect, but early in our career, probably 10 years into it, I want to say our organization was pretty dysfunctional because my wife worked in it and so did I. And we had employees and, you know, I mean, and just how people fit. We brought in a corporate psychologist who helped us through all of the stuff, including giving us assessments and stuff like that. And it kind of changed our course, which was really, really helpful. And so if we would have kept on the other way, like you were talking about, it would have been just constant, you know, time wasting and going down the wrong paths and people fighting and, you know, having everybody doing their own thing. And it's like, that was so valuable, and now everybody knows each other's roles, and it, it was kind of a lifesaver. You know, that's that's another area, family businesses, right, where you've got all these passions and, and maybe conflicting interests, and it could just be a lot easier and a lot less disruptive and faster. I just There's so many great reasons to work with a facilitator, but uh, I hope we've picked up something you could use from today's show. That's always our goal, is something you could use let us know what you think uh, in the comments, and we're going to post some links down there. Going to post a link to Heidi Designs, uh, and uh, thank you to Business Development Directives, Bill's company, making this thing possible. Clarity Marketing Support. Till next week, sir. I don't have, I didn't have my pocket square today. Uh oh. So I'm a little underdressed, but. Take mine out. We'll <laughs> Excellent. We'll see you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing, and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.